Welcome to Hollywood Obsessed with Tony Miros, a podcast that celebrates our endless fascination with the iconic people, locations, and history of the entertainment capital of the world. If you're as obsessed with Hollywood as Tony is, or would like to be, get ready to enjoy another exciting brand new episode of Hollywood Obsessed. Now, here's your host, Tony Miros. Hello, friends. This is your host, Tony Miro, speaking to you from the heart of Tinseltown. On this episode of Hollywood Obsessed, I'm speaking with my good friend, actor-director Lorenzo Lamas, who has starred in several television series and been in over 50 movies throughout his marvelous career. The son of two of MGM's biggest stars, Fernando Lamas and Arlene Dahl, he is also the stepson of Olympic swimmer and film star Esther Williams, who married his father when Lorenzo was 11 years old. Mostly known for his roles on television, notably as Lance Cumpson on CBS's Falcon Crest and Reno Reigns in the syndicated hit show Renegade, Lorenzo also appeared in one of my favorite movies of all time, the 1978 film Grease with Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta. He later carved out a niche for himself as an action hero during the 1990s, showcasing his martial arts skills by starring in such movies as the Snake Eater trilogy, Bounty Tracker, Gladiator Cop, and Terminal Justice. Lorenzo has been an avid motorcyclist for over 30 years and has participated in the Love Ride to benefit MDA and various charities since its inception in 1983. He's also a commercial helicopter and airplane pilot and often flies disadvantaged children to summer camps and people too sick or financially challenged to travel on domestic flights. In 2003, he served as a judge on the competition series Are You Hot? The Search for America's Sexiest People, and then starred on his own reality show about his real-life family called Leva Talamas. He then published his best-selling autobiography, Renegade at Heart, in 2014. When he's not filming a movie or TV show, he's the spokesman for the Vesser Family Vineyard in Northern California and the VIP Vacay Adventure Vacations Discount Travel Company. In short, he's a very busy man. That said, I can't tell you how excited I am that he's taken some time out of his busy schedule to chat with me here today. So let's get this conversation started. Hey, Lorenzo, thank you so much for being my guest on Hollywood Obsessed. Hey, Tony. Good to be here. Listen, um, I wanted to start the interview before we get into the whole thing about your life and your family and your and your parents. I want to talk to the listeners and tell them how we met, which is this odd. It's an odd way that we met. So during the pandemic lockdown, I'm visiting movie and TV filming locations all over L.A., like the Brady Bunch house and the cul-de-sac from Knott's Landing and Rydell High from Greece. And I start posting them on my social media for my followers to, to enjoy. And then after a few months, I start seeing that these two followers are leaving comments on my Instagram posts talking about meeting at some of the locations I've already visited. And then I notice that one of them, it says Lorenzo Lamas. And I'm like, this can't be the real Lorenzo Lamas. So I start following their Instagram posts, and sure enough, I start seeing photos of Lorenzo and his this, his beautiful blonde woman that I know now is his fiance at some of the locations I've visited. And I was really just surprised. So I want to start the interview, Lorenzo, with a question. How did you guys find my Instagram posts? Well, it's, it's funny because... Um, when, when I started seeing your post, I was just scrolling, you know, like we all do. Yeah. And I came up, I came across your account and I can't, and I just became kind of a fan. 
seeing all these all these homes and these locations that have been used for film and television or even like novels like i mean you had such a wide variety of notable landmarks around yeah. los angeles and my fiance kenna she she's from idaho from cordelaine idaho but she lived in los angeles for 10 years during the 2000s yeah. and was a model for 10 years and one of her favorite things to do was to go and find historic locations you know on her on her time off and so i showed her your account and we both became kind of like um obsessed <laughs> <laughs> because you know we live in in orange county in huntington beach so we don't we're not up in la a lot but we we what we started to do was on our trips up to los angeles um we would choose like one or two of your locations and go there and take pictures in front of it. <laughs> I know. And I would see these pictures and I'm like, wait a minute. That's really Lorenzo Lamas in front of the place I was in last week. It's the weirdest. It was the weirdest story. And then, you know, we actually, we started chatting on, in, on Insta and then we met, we actually met for lunch at the Formosa and had a great time. And I That's was right. just like, I was like, I cannot believe that this happened, especially during a lockdown when we couldn't even see each other. And, and then we, we become friends after it's, it was just a bizarre story. So it, yeah, it's I'm, very original. It, is, it really is. It really is. Look, some good happened out of all that lockdown madness. So I'm happy. I'm very happy. How is Kenna, by the really, way? I really, I really enjoyed uh, all of your posts and it, it, you, you did a tremendous service. Uh, to the industry in that you reminded people how wonderful and unique uh, movies and television were back, yeah. you know, before reality television and yeah. how special, <laughs> how special these locations were and what they meant to the people that watched the movies and the TV shows surrounding them. So you really provided a tremendous historical service and and i think you told me if you haven't already done it that you were gonna publish a coffee table book about it no yeah and that is a plan but i started to do it and it's like so overwhelming and my mother's like you know what why don't you just take a break from it and do a podcast and i was like what what is that and so <laughs> so here we are on the podcast which is yeah. kind of like generate some interest in what i do and what i love so that later on when I do the book, it's not like, oh, I made a book and nobody bought it. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, it's a great, that's a great idea. Yeah. And so I'm happy that you, because of our history, agreed to come on because like I, I nobody would ever believe this story ever in a million years. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Never. Um, but anyway, so uh, let's get to you and your family because I, you know, I love old Hollywood. You know, it's I'm obsessed with. That's why it's called Hollywood Obsessed. I'm obsessed with old Hollywood, and your parents were major MGM stars. And not only your parents, like your stepmom, like your mom and your dad, Arlene Dahl and Fernando Lamas, were amazing, huge stars in the golden age of Hollywood. And then your your father marries Esther Williams. I mean, Esther Williams, my God. I want to talk a little bit about your and and what they were like and and any stories you might have about them. Sure. So 
So I was born um, in Santa Monica, California, St. John's mm-hmm. Hospital, January 20th, 1958. My parents uh, were obviously still married uh, when I was when I was born. They were they were living between Los Angeles and New York. I was almost born in in New York, but what what was going on was during the the last few days of of my mom's I was I was an early baby. I was a preemie. And mm-hmm. dad was out here doing the uh uh Lucy show. Not not the Lucy show with Vivian Vance and Fred uh uh Brawley, but she had a um no I'm sorry, it wasn't Lucy. It was Jane Wyman. Sorry. I guess, Oh, the Jane I guess that's right. Yeah. The Jane Wyman hour. And dad was was doing the rehearsals for this show. Uh and then it it was a live television broadcast like Playhouse 90. It was just it was live television to people's homes from the studio yeah. in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And dad was was uh was live on on the Jane Wyman hour the night that my mom went into labor with me. So here's the story. So oh my God. <laughs> and I have a I, I have a you know I have an end to this that kind of dovetails into my my series Falcon Crest too, which is funny. But so so mom goes into labor. It's an emergency C-section. The mm. doctor is nowhere to be found. Oh, no. Dad is at the studio doing Jane's show live, and the hospital calls the studio because dad obviously left a number in case of an emergency, which yeah. this was. The, the hospital called the studio, the soundstage, where dad was filming with, with Jane, and during a commercial break, picked up the phone and said, hello, this is Fernando Lama. (laughs) And St. John's Hospital said, Mr. Lamas, we have an emergency. Your wife, Arlene Dahl, is in ICU. It's a critical situation. Um, We believe that that both your your wife and the baby are in peril. So dad dropped the phone. In, on the soundstage, ran over to Jane's dressing room during the commercial break, knocked on the door. Jane opened the door, and he said, Jane, I have to go to the hospital because Arlene is in emergency. I'm so sorry. I have to go. So basically, Dad left Jane without a second act to the show oh, on live television. Live. Oh, so when I met Jane the, for the very first time on location in Napa Valley, which is where we shot Falcon Crest, yeah. she looked at me up and down. Of course, she knew who I was, but, you know, but yeah. this was the first time we actually met. Looked, looked me up and down and said, well, Lorenzo, I hope you don't leave me without a second act like your father did. <laughs> And I said, Jane, absolutely not. I will never leave you. This was my bread and butter during the 80s. I was a kid. I was 21 years old and got this television series that yeah. ran for nine seasons on CBS. So, of course, I wasn't going to leave her ever. Um, no. <laughs> I was the only actor to do every episode of that of that series, actually. I so, read that. I read that. Yeah. But that I was, loved that, that show, was, by the way, Lorenzo. I loved that show. It was a great show. So that was an auspicious beginning 
to what became a life of kind of celebrity, but really not so much, Tony. I mean, my parents were both at that at that point in their careers. You know, my dad was doing some acting, but, you know, when movies like Midnight Cowboy and uh, The Graduate, when movies like mm. that came out, The Godfather, yeah. there was a sh in the style of motion right. pictures. Right. Well, motion picture musicals pretty much were history. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the Technicolor redheads like Lucille Ball, Rhonda Fleming, my mother, um, they really weren't doing those grand kind of uh, over-the-top movies anymore. And there was a more um, graphic, more uh, textured kind of, I mean, more realistic trail of of actors or characters on screen. So right. a lot of these actresses and actors, like my parents, um, went to television, like Lucille Ball, you know, mm -hmm. went to television. Mm -hmm. um, uh, who are some other great actors that did tell? Well, you know, Rod Taylor did did television. So my point is that I didn't grow up on on a set like so many right. so many offspring of famous actors i i grew up fairly normal in santa monica and pacific palisade i went to i went to public schools um the kids in my class really didn't know who my parents were their parents knew who my parents were of course but but mm -hmm. my my classmates my my friends didn't you know so I was never really, I never really felt like I lived in a bubble, like a lot of the, uh, maybe the other kids of, of famous parents did. As a matter of right. fact, at, at 13, I was sent away to school. So I went to boarding school in New Jersey, military school. So I really didn't have like an idea of show business until I graduated from high school, came back out here and moved back in with dad and Esther at the time. Mm -hmm. And dad was, dad was directing. He had, he had learned to direct from an editor um, in the in the oh, late really? 60s, early 70s. Yeah. He taught himself how to direct from an editor. He would go and sit with the editor at the studio and learn how they cut together the television show. Oh, and, my God. That's and fascinating. So as a director, he knew exactly what to shoot to tell the story, and it saved production a tremendous amount of money because he didn't waste any footage and all the crew went home for dinner. So he was a favorite of Aaron Spelling. Um, he would come in and direct a spelling show like the rookies or, um, or uh, Charlie's angels. And he would, he would always deliver the shows under budget and, and, and uh, all that the crews loved him because everybody went home for dinner. There was no like overtime there. Nobody, you know, I mean, he was a very dependable television director. So he was doing that. And I used to visit him on the set. This is before I decided that I wanted to give acting a try myself. I, I would visit dad on the set and I would watch this camaraderie, camaraderie he would always have with the crew. And I just thought this was great fun. And, uh, you know, uh, I went to Santa Monica City College, took some acting courses and fell in love with with acting. And I had no clue I was ever going to do this because I was this fat kid with glasses. I didn't look anything like a movie star you know, when I was young. <laughs> so I just never, I never thought that there was a, a, a hope in hell that I would ever uh, be, be able to be an actor. 
But, right. uh, you know, I mean, the law of the universe conspired. And, uh, <laughs> you know, during my senior year in high school, I just dropped 20 pounds. I went out for a wrestling and um, kind of changed my my physique. So by the time I got to college, you know, I was 6'1", 6'2", 180 pounds. I was in fairly good shape because I was a trainer at a Jack LaLanne Health Spa. So I was, I was training people. I was working out. And I kind of changed my physique. And then, boom, all of a sudden, I was getting this part in Greece, the movie with Tom, with uh, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. I love that movie. I wanted did, to talk about... Did the, yeah. I wanted to talk about... I did both both the high schools because they used... Greece. But um, I... I love that film so much, and I remember watching it and seeing you and going, who's the guy with the blonde hair? But it's so interesting. You say that you don't speak, but I think that you do mouth a word in Greece, don't you? I do. I do mouth them, but I made them up. And here's a little antidote. <laughs> so the bonfire scene where Sandy uh, is a cheerleader now. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. She runs into the bonfire scene. It's, we film that at night. We film that at Venice High School. And... Uh, and I, I run in as Tom Chisholm, the football star. I sit down on a bench, and Sid Caesar, our coach, is talking about how we're, they're going to tear them up and we're going <laughs> to rip them up. And it, so that whole great scene. And so um, Randall Kleiser, the director, wanted to shoot um, a close-up of me and a close-up of, of Olivia looking at each other, kind of flirting, because this, yeah. this was the setup of how she basically used my character to make Danny jealous, right? Right, so, exactly. Randall shoots my scene, my close-up first. No, mm-hmm. no particular reason. I think the camera was set up more facing in that direction. I think they were lit in the direction that my close-up would have been. So they shot my close-up first, and he goes rolling and action. And I look over at... Olivia, who was just off camera, you know, doing my off camera yeah. uh, look. And I mouthed the words, hi. <laughs> and then she mouthed them back at me. Hi. I go. And then I mouthed the words, how are you? And then right. <laughs> she mouthed the words, fine. So basically, Randall didn't say anything. He let it roll. And I did that, that, that little kind of thing. And he yelled, cut, print. Let's turn the camera around. So he turns the camera around now, and they light, uh, they light Olivia. And now, because they've already printed my side, yeah. we now yeah. have to match. Mm-hmm. We have to match her side. So I basically kind of worked it <laughs> into where, even though I didn't have a line in the movie written, I kind of worked that stuff in. So when they turned around on Olivia, she had to, we had to copy the scene, and that's how that happened. <clears throat> so I, was I a love that. SOB. Yeah, I love that. And but now, but you are you became part of. It's not like you were one of. The, you know how people go. Oh, he was in that movie. Really? He was no people actually after you became famous and you were like, oh, he was in Greece, and and it's been that way ever since. Are you, were you guys really close on the set? I know you're really young. So yeah, I was teen. Olivia, I think, was twenty three. John was twenty five. Uh, everybody was basically old enough. <laughs> to be, you know, have four years of college, but (laughs) I was, I was a year and a half out of high school. Um, So, yeah, I mean, plus I was 
I was an act. I was like an extra. I wasn't really like I wasn't one of the the team. Mm-hmm. That you were not part of. You weren't a team. But that's okay because you know it's. But you also had blonde hair. How did the blonde hair happen? So when I I first went in to meet Alan Carr, <clears throat> this was set up because Stephen Ford, Gerald Ford's son, wasn't comfortable with the dancing during rehearsals. Oh. So okay. I was brought in basically to to you know to fill in I, I, to take his place. He was originally cast as Tom, and uh, and so when Alan met me, you know I had dark obviously I have dark hair. You know I'm I latin i'm i'm hispanic Mm -hmm. so he looked at me and he said uh okay well god you look great you know but would you mind if we like did something lightened your hair a little bit because you do look a little bit like john and we want we want a stark difference between john's character and you and i said mr carr i said you can dye my hair green (laughs) i I would just love to be a part of this motion picture so he Mm -hmm. sent me to jose iber (laughs) in beverly hills and i sat there in a chair with the foil on top of my head (laughs) and this was this we this was before we all went in to get those highlights you know i mean right so i'm sitting there in the chair and he puts the foil they put the foil in and they dye my hair blonde and that's the way that's why the hair was blonde it's because Alan Carr didn't want me to look at all like John. Oh. Um, and but then you guys the, have, you did the, you did the, what was the dance um, uh, the dance con- you shot that for several days, didn't you? Yeah, it was over three days. That was at Venice High School in the gymnasium, and in Los Angeles in the summer of 1977, it was one of the hottest summers in the history of the city. Mm. I think temperatures up around, they were up around a hundred degrees and in Venice, which is like 10 blocks from the ocean. Yeah. So we were dying in that gymnasium with all those people, all the bodies, the kids, the crew, uh, people were just passing out like flies. (laughs) I, I was in a wool suit and I was just sweating like my my butt <laughs> off but uh we got it done um it was it's a spectacular a spectacular uh sequence it's probably one of my favorite dance sequences in any movie musical including you know um uh <clears throat> west side story i mean it just was spectacular yeah, uh, and you dance. I, I saw you dance in it. You do. You dance in the, in the scene. Well, <laughs> you're very kind, Tony. <laughs> so um, Pat, Pat Birch was our choreographer, Pat, Pat, Patty Birch. Yeah. And when I first showed up for rehearsals on the lot at Paramount, she, she asked me, she said, flat out, do you have any dance, dancing experience? <laughs> and I didn't know anything as a kid. You know, I just, I was 19 years old. I knew nothing. I looked at her and I said, well, you know, I, I go to the disco. <laughs> she goes, <laughs> okay, great. All right. Um, so she asked me, she says, well, what am I comfortable doing? I said, well, I played football in high school and we did drills, you know, where we kind of, you know, we, we run in place when our knees are 
up high, you know, we, we tap our knees with our hands and she goes, show me. So I basically showed her some football drills, you know, <laughs> on the soundstage and she worked it in to, you know, to where when I'm coming down the line dance <clears throat> with Dodie Goodman, I do this kind of thing where I, I'm running in place and my knees are real high and I'm slapping my knees with my hands. And that's all because of what I showed Pat Birch. So, I mean, oh, she's, okay. just, <laughs> she's just a brilliant, just a brilliant choreographer. And um, she worked with everybody's strengths and did her best to hide everybody's weaknesses, of which I had many. Well, I really did. And to this day, I, when you come over one day, you'll see I have a, a photograph given to me by the photographer who took the cast photo um, that's used in the center of the, the, the album, of the Grease album, all of you together. And I look at it every day when I wake up. And there you are with your blonde hair. It's the weirdest thing. Well, it's, it's an iconic motion picture that I feel very, very proud to be. Even in a, in a small role, I feel proud to be a part of it. Uh, and over the years, you know, we would see each other. The cast members would, would see each other at different um, events like the 20th anniversary. We were all there. The 30th anniversary was at the Santa Monica Pier. All there. And uh, it's just, it's been a, ter a, a terrific kind of a, we all feel like we kind of graduated together, you know? Yeah. Do you have a special moment, a, mo a moment or memory of Olivia? Now that she's passed, I do actually, you know, one of the first days when we were on the lot at Paramount in rehearsals, I, I had, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I had a, a, such a crush on her because in <laughs> high school, you know, I told you I went to military school and all my buddies and I, we just had the biggest crush on her and we had her first album and we would play her album on the deck. And it just, so when I, when I had the, I'd built up the nerve to go and introduce myself to her. I went and knocked on her trailer trailer and, um, and her sister, her sister answered the trailer. door, <laughs> And, uh, I think her sister was dating actually dating, um, Jeff Conway, uh, Jeff Conway at the time. Right. Right. So I, I knocked on and her sister answered the door and I said, Oh, hi. Um, I wanted to just uh, say hello to Olivia. I, I didn't know what I was, I didn't know what to say. I was some idiot kid. And, and she said, well, hold on. And Olivia came to the door, just standing there, you know, with one arm up on the door and just, oh my God. Just, <laughs> I just, I, it's, it's a, it's a miracle. I was able to form two words at all. And I just stood there and I watched and I just stared at her and she goes, oh, hi, Lorenzo. Um, did you want something? <laughs> and I'm just staring like, like this dumb kid. And I said, uh, would you like some orange juice or coffee? <laughs> she looked at me like I was a Martian. And she said, oh, well, aren't you sweet? Um, no, I'm okay, actually. Thank you. And I said, no, thank you. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I scuttled off like, like this person that was just out of his body and um, <laughs> made a complete fool out of myself. But she was so sweet. She was so sweet to me. And later on, it's actually, this is a funny kind of a, an ending to that, to that kind of 
funny friendship that we had. Um, I was doing Celebrity Apprentice in mm-hmm. 2014. Right. And I was with I was on Team Geraldo. So Geraldo Rivera was was our team captain, and this was his finale. And uh, this was a finale between Geraldo Rivera and Lisa Gibbons. Mm-hmm. And the finale was obviously about raising money for their particular charities, right? right. Um, and Geraldo had Tony Orlando. He had Jose Feliciano to come for the finale. And Lisa was really good friends with Olivia. So Olivia comes to help Lisa does a whole show like like a like like a personal appearance like she did songs she did a couple of grease songs and i'm in the i'm in the crowd i'm dancing on the floor you know and during <laughs> one of her songs olivia comes down off the stage comes over to me takes my hands and we do like a circle kind of a circling dance together kisses oh. me on the cheek and then runs back up on stage so I didn't know for sure if if Olivia knew that I was actually on that particular show, <laughs> but she obviously did. Lisa obviously told her, you know, because yeah. I directed a lot of I directed a lot of the show for for Geraldo. You know, I did a whole Harry Potter thing with him where, you know, I mean, I he kept me on. Geraldo kept me on because of my directing. Right. So. So Olivia runs out, kisses me on the cheek, runs back up on stage. And I've got to tell you that it was one of the highlights of my life. This is full circle now, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So everybody was devastated when she passed, including me, obviously. And, you know, I got in touch with a lot of the, the guys like Barry Pearl and Jamie Donnelly and Dinah Manoff. And we all kind of had our own little email chain going about, about her passing. But um, very special woman. She was she was a fighter. She was uh, sweet. The nature her sweet nature is natural and completely un un you know unaffected yeah. un, unaffected and unfabricated you know by her celebrity. She never knew how famous she was. That's the kind of person that she was. Just mm. sweet, sweet, loving person. So. Yeah. I got to meet her in Las Vegas, and like you, I couldn't speak. I literally could not speak. And my best friend was like, <laughs> we're here for his birthday. And she goes, happy yeah. birthday. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I couldn't speak. Paralyzed. Absolutely paralyzed. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for listening to part one of my conversation with TV film star Lorenzo Lamas. On the next episode of Hollywood Obsessed, my conversation with Lorenzo continues as we discuss how he won the role of Lance on the hit 1980s primetime soap opera, Falcon Crest, his memories of filming the show in Napa Valley, and his experiences being an action TV star during the 1990s on the hit show, Renegade. All that and more on the next episode of Hollywood Obsessed. This is your host, Tony Meros. See you next time. Thanks for joining us this week on Hollywood Obsessed. Make sure to visit our Facebook page, Hollywood Obsessed Podcast, where you can subscribe to the show so you'll never miss a single episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in every other Monday for our next episode. That's a wrap.